Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. Yep, we're live. Here we are. It is September 30th. I am nine hours away from No Profanity September ending, Jimmy. Good for you. And you yeah, didn't... Good, you didn't good be- for- Good for me being nine hours away from no profanity September ending while the Reds are in extra innings right now in a 0-0 ball game. The first time they've been to the playoffs in seven years. This isn't going to be difficult at all. So, question. Um, if you have gone against this rule, is there any proof or like, would you like gentlemanly admit if you had broken the rule? Well, the thing was, none on my shows or or shows that I was going to be on or Twitter, social media, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was it was okay in my everyday life, but it has greatly reduced. Like I was telling Camille that off the air, like yeah. it, I, I learned the lesson that was being sent my way. Although I did do this for charitable causes. Uh, big thanks to Ron Patel who put up basically twelve hundred dollars, and I'm going to be able to order supplies for a lot of people. Um, that 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 need it locally, a lot of causes and things like that. I've been getting lists from from women's shelters, homeless shelters, animal shelters. We're gonna order like a bunch of food and litter and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's going to be a funny Amazon delivery day. <laughs> so everything in one shot. You getting everything in one, all shot? one shot? And oh, they're gonna hate you, Sean. Oh, they're really gonna hate me. Especially they, they litter. Are. Litter is a real pain in the butt for them. Well, you know what, guys? I'm not going to hate you if you donate a Super Chat. I'm not going to hate you if you leave a thumbs up. I'm not going to hate you if you subscribe or tap that bell for notifications. I'll get the plugs out of the way. Dropped an interview with Victoria yesterday. I'm loving reaching out to these 90s and 2000s wrestlers and uh, talking to them about a lot of stuff. I've been doing a lot of them lately, and that one was a very, very good interview. I interviewed Tennille Dashwood last week. She does not do a lot of one-on-one interviews at all. And I interviewed Aiden English actually a while back, but I wanted to wait to release it until he um, got back in the ring. And this week on Friday, I'm dropping a brand new enhancement stories. Some of you may say, what's that? It is a series where I talk to wrestlers who have gone on to be successful about their experiences working as an extra, working as an enhancement wrestler, working as a jobber even. And uh, they talk about who helped them, maybe who didn't, some stuff like that. I love that series. Go check it out. 
I got two. I got two challenges for you. Oh boy. I want you to interview CM Punk and ask him about when he was an extra on the side of the car. Okay, for I'll Cena. do that. I'll hit him up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll first off, I'll send him a text. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, hey, unblock me from Twitter, please. Yeah, and do that. He'll, yeah. he'll do that, and he'll yeah. say, yes, I, I've wanted you to interview me for a long time. Do that, and then I want you to interview. Since you're talking to '90s guys, I want you to interview that young upstart, Rocky Maivia. I can do that. That shouldn't be a problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, that'll I, be hey, interesting. I, I got a story out of him about the Brahma Bull belt. I remember. A couple years ago. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, guys, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. But, Jimmy, I haven't even – I barely let you talk yet. How you doing? Hmm. Also, I, I just want to make it clear to you, I have always wondered what it would be like to get to 186. 186, yeah. yeah. I'm good. Next week we go to the next stage of our reopening, and the current Fightful champion, Melissa – what did I call her? Latina he Melissa – We'll be returning to the office next week, ready to defend her championship, which is sitting on the chair with your rubber mask over here oh. off camera. So We'll uh, talk more about that later. I've got some thoughts on Melissa. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, so we're doing this on September 30, Triple H just uh, did a media call putting over TakeOver 31 this weekend. Anything of note come out of that media call? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. So At all? G- so Jeremy Lambert, uh, guys, check him out on The Distraction and it, any of the other stuff that he does. He does incredible work. He, like, live transcribes those for us. And usually, or there used to be, like, six, seven stories out of those. We'd have to, what we call, double up on Triple H stories. We don't like to post a story from the same person, like, morning, afternoon, evening, anything like that. We used to have to do that. Today, we were sitting around scratching our heads saying, what can we possibly pull from this? It was that, what, really? What, that he doesn't know what's going to happen with the draft? Okay. That Tegan Knox got hurt? Well, we knew that. Um, that Kyle O'Reilly was already being talked about as being a main eventer? Okay. Those are, those are what we're pulling. I, I didn't get to ask a question. No big deal. I'm breaking some, fi- some NXT news on Thursday now, so whatever. Were, um, was the issue the quality of the questions, or was he just dodging everything? I thought there were some good questions. I thought there were some really good questions there. And it was just he's he's getting to that yeah. spot where he dances around. Like, I thought Dave Meltzer asked a great question about them switching nights, possibly. I thought Connor Casey asked a good question about the draft. I thought there were a lot of good questions there. What do you say um, about moving nights to Tuesday? He said, you know, it's funny. Nobody asks the other show about them moving nights. and They're and winning. Every well, week. Yeah, they're, they're winning, and what are they going to do? Move to Mondays? Yeah, that would work out. Move right. to Fridays? That, that's smart. And AEW made, the de- AEW made the decision first yes. to do TV on Wednesday night. You know, And I, I'm not – you know, whenever you defend one company over the other, people are going to say you're pro-AEW or pro-WWE. I'm not. I call it like I see it. But the fact is NXT went live on Wednesday to combat AEW. I mean, they did. Yeah. You know? So, so interesting. So that's what that was his answer, huh? Yeah, I didn't get a question in tonight. I, I probably will Sunday. Usually that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, there are less people on the Sunday night calls. But uh, we've got Jeremy Lambert and Phil Lindsay on the, the NXT post show on Sunday. Uh, Phil, so why do I know that name? Because he he is in he works for Sports Kita. He works for Bleacher Report. He was on our AEW Double or Nothing show. He's He's been around. Been okay. around. Does some okay. really great work. Okay. Um, has some awesome features as well, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But uh, we got some super chats, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, by the way, guys, I will be streaming that conference call live on Sunday as well, but Tim Traver says, happy hump day, Fightful. Hashtag faithful to Fightful. That's right, FTF. Wild Boy says, what swear word have you missed? Oh, I don't Definitely miss... Definitely the F word. No, no, I don't. No doubt about I it. I don't miss that one that much. Really? I miss some of the... the more obscure ones, to be honest with you. That's, I mean, that's what Playboy's I, not a bad word. You can still say that. Yeah, yeah, and that one hits just as hard. Um, I like calling people the P word. Um, that's yeah. considered offensive. It's, to some people, idiots maybe. Somebody told um, me last week I needed to get more of that. Yeah, that's true. They did. Yeah. Well, but fortunately for them, we got we got plenty of porn bots in our comments. So oh yeah, do we? Avoid it. Yeah, yeah. He's dripping. Yeah, <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, Jobber says, "Great show with throwback yesterday." SRS, you guys are awesome. Your work is fantastic, and I love supporting Fightful. 
Fightful Faithful. That's right, FTF. Check out that show with Throwback. Uh, it was very emotional. He talked about a lot of the things that, that he's been through. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out. It was good to be on there. Uh, but uh, there are a couple other Super Chats that we'll get to as the topics hit. Yep. But, man, here here we are, Jimmy. 186, the landmark edition. Yeah, the landmark. Yeah, yeah. The, the goal we had four years ago. I want to start by talking <laughs> about Roman Reigns. And I got to tell you, I'm a little bit upset that I didn't get more complaints about the thumbnail that I made. Because uh, I purposely chose to say a star is born on this Roman Reigns thumbnail. I did that on purpose because I wanted like the I wanted the Roman Reigns fans to shit all over it and say, what do you mean? He's been, you know, in four WrestleMania main events. That's why I did it. I just wanted to yeah. kind of troll people and and I didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback that way. But uh, I love where Roman Reigns' his character is at. This is the guy we've needed for several years. Clash of Champions. I loved everything about his performance. Everything. I, I love that he changed his look a little bit. He took off the shirt. I love that he was this cold, calculated, emotionless, Brock Lesnar-esque heel. Uh, not, a, not a cowardly, you know, chicken shit heel. He's like this, this cold, badass heel. I love that. Called himself the tribal chief. Kicked the crap out of Jay Uso and then put on Jay Uso's own lay after he beat him. Didn't want to just get the pin, so he just kept on beating him up until uh, Jimmy threw in the towel. This is the elite level Roman Reigns that we want to see for the last several years. And again, I know a lot of people are going to say he's already been elite level. He's main evented four WrestleManias. He was never a bona fide box office attraction. It's one thing if you put him in a main event. He was never a box office attraction when live events were going on and he was the main event. They were doing a couple grand at, at the live events. And it's not all his fault because it was kind of the, the state of the business. But uh, he was never at John Cena's level when it came to ticket sales, when no. it came to merch, when it came to any of those metrics. This Roman Reigns that we're seeing right now, as long as they stay on this path, he's going to be the man. And as soon as people are allowed back in the arenas, the live fans are going to dictate when he turns babyface again because they're going to start to root for him. And then when he does turn babyface again, he's going to be made after that. He'll be a made man after that. I love this Roman Reigns. I love everything about it. People can crap on creative, and, and, and Raw especially deserves it. But he is right now one of the highlights of uh, in all the wrestling, not just WWE, in all the wrestling. I really love what they're doing with him, and I wish they had done it sooner. I wish they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. It this has has made it a, a, just abundantly more clear that Vince McMahon is out of touch with his audience. Agreed. I 100%. And, and when people are like, "Oh, well, well he he did it, didn't he?" Yeah, 5 years too late. Roman they asked for it. Roman yes. asked for it. They sacrificed and compromised a whole lot of talent, a yes. whole lot of shows, a whole lot of big moments and a whole lot of storylines to move everything around to make Roman Reigns, the babyface coronation work. Yeah. And for any number of reasons, it just never worked. It just wasn't that people wanted this out of Roman. And it's not about you. It's about the consumer, the old Joe dirt line, the snakes and sparklers. It's okay <laughs> to like what you like, yeah. but you, sometimes you need some whistling bungholes in there, Jimmy. When you bring the biggest star in Hollywood, the rock to the Royal rumble, and the fans are still shitting all over Roman Reigns when he got The Rock holding up his arm. If that's not a slap in the face to tell you pivot, yeah, then there's nothing that's going to make you pivot. And Miss Man didn't pivot. It took Roman Reigns himself saying, "I'm going to come back from uh, you know from the pandemic uh, lockdown, but I want to be a heel." That's what it took to get this done. And if it hadn't been for Roman Reigns wanting to be a heel, he'd be right back doing what he was doing. I would guarantee you, he'd be right back doing what he's doing. And uh, but he's doing amazing. And, and I want to ask you a question uh, just for your thoughts. Speaking of, of uh, Brock Lesnar, I've been I've been paying attention to Paul Heyman and tell me if I'm out to lunch or if there, if there might be something here, because Paul Heyman's really good at subtleties. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that oftentimes when Paul Heyman's out there, sometimes he'll do the smile and laughing like he you know, used to do with Brock all the time. But oftentimes he, do, he gives his glare to Roman. Have you noticed that he'll give this serious yes. glare to him? And Roman will hold up the belt in the ring, and Heyman standing behind him, giving him that serious glare. I look at that and I think, is this Paul Heyman throwing out subtleties because yeah. Brock's coming back? You know what I mean? Because I see I him, not. I see him doing that look, and that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Now, if if that's the direction they're going, they cannot tra change Roman babyface. No. You can't do it. You have oh to have Heyman. God, you no. have to have Heyman pick Roman over over Brock, and Brock's the babyface. That's what you got to do. And then when they have the match, Roman beats him as a heel. 
That's what you do. Yes, I completely agree because they, they did this in 2015. Yes. And they had to pivot to Seth Rollins winning. They wanted to do it in 2016 and they had to add Dean Ambrose to the match. They did this in 2017 and they're like, well, you know what? We need to add Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe to that match too. And then what did they do in 2018? They did it three times. They compromised the entire spring and summer. WrestleMania 34, Greatest Royal Rumble, SummerSlam 2018. And then, Jimmy, what were they going to do? They were going to do it again before Roman Reigns got sick. Right. They, they've done it too many times. I don't need to see it as constructed. I don't need to see babyface Roman, yep. heel Brock. I like your idea best. And quite frankly, WWE has put themselves in a position where right now a part-timer coming in and main eventing WrestleMania makes the most sense because Roman Reigns versus The Rock has moved past Bailey and Sasha Banks for that main event for me because of the marquee value of The Rock and the fact that they will blow their wad and do Sasha and Bailey in October. Yeah. But there's so much meat on the bone, Jimmy. Just Roman Reigns saying, I've been the chief. My grandfather was the chief. And then Roman saying, you're not even really a part of our family. We used you. We don't need you. We don't need you anymore. I didn't need you to get movie roles. I didn't need you to hold my hand up in, in Philadelphia. I've never needed you. That's the story that I need. I mean, it would this. be amazing. But And I was going to actually talk about The Rock later. I don't think he's going to come back. Like, I just, I just don't think he's going to come back. Yeah. I would love to see it happen. But he's pushing 50 now. He's got two little kids. He, uh, I also see Dwayne Johnson being one of these guys that tries to stand behind his word. And he sure. publicly said on, what, Kelly and Ryan that he was retired from, from wrestling. So I don't but see it happening, even though I saw the YouTube video. Up, he did, yeah. He did straight up say, I would come back, and it would be an honor to raise his hand. I saw that. And all due respect to Eric Rowan. I don't think you want The Rock's last WWE match to be against Eric Rowan. I mean, that's fair. That could be what Rock's thinking. That's and fair. Th and this would be it. You would know this would be it. He would say this would be it. I mean, we, we went without The Rock for, what, seven and a half years. Yep. It's been seven and a half years, really, besides that WrestleMania match, which, again, I love the six-second Eric Rowan match. I thought that was a great WrestleMania moment. But I think that this was... This is something that is prime as, as a real passing of the torch, not a, oh, well, The Rock's going to beat John Cena first type of thing. Right. By the time their feud was done in, in 2013, John Cena was largely out of the big face of WWE full time running mm -hmm. all the way thing like he was pulled from the title picture with regularity. I think that this is the right thing to do right here, I, and I, I hope they do it. There's a lot of good stories they can tell. I mean, even when Brock comes back, they could have Heyman turn on Brock, like I just mentioned. They could even make like it was supposed to be a plan where Heyman was supposed to be with Roman in order to kind of get that false sense of security and then turn on him for Brock, and then Heyman decided that he wanted to stay with Roman kind of thing. There's a lot of stories they could tell. It just comes down to are they going to do it right. But what they're doing with Roman right now, I love it. And, and I don't know if, uh, how much input that is of Vince and Bruce Pritchard versus how much it, it is of Paul Heyman himself and Roman himself. But yeah. I really like it. And, uh, and kudos to Jey Uso, too. I've never been a massive fan of the Usos. And I love Jey Uso's promo from SmackDown when he said, people look at you and, you know, you're the big dog. And they look at me and they say, which one are you? I <gasps> loved it, Sean. I loved it. It gave me chills. And did I it's think great. that the, the ending of the match was a little overdramatic? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit long, but, too. But you know what? I'll take overdramatic and drawn out over hastily thrown together and not caring about it. Right. Um, Throwback 27 says, with Jake killing it at the pay-per-view, do you see WWE possibly keeping him in the title picture until the end of the year? Do you see a future in the IC title down the line? Uh, thank you, Sean, for appearing on the show last night. Hey, guys, check that out. I don't. Hiccups again. <laughs> I got the hiccups again. Is that Second what that was? Week. Yes. I've got the hiccups. I would again. say that was a beer burp, but you're not a drinker. Yeah. No. So <laughs> I almost saw I almost saw green gas on that one, Camilla. No. I have never got hiccups on the air in my life. Five years, five plus years of doing video shows. And I've done it twice this week. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The timing on that was awesome. If I was there, I would do what Jake, I do for my three-year-old. I go get you a cup of water. It works for him. Well, I've got water over here. 
J in the title <laughs> picture, IC title. What do you think while I get rid of these hiccups? Yes, uh, I, I think he deserves it. I think that Jimmy's still going to be out for a few months. Uh, Jay himself, uh, I can't recall where the interview was, but he said he still wants to be part of a tag team. And they, you know, they, they, the Usos believe that they're one of the greatest, if not the greatest teams of all time, as they should. So he's not going to get rid of that tag team, but I think he's earned it. Yeah. Uh, like I, in the world title picture, he's done. Roman beat him decisively and he's done. Although this is WWE, so he'll get a rematch. But uh, I would definitely put him in the mid card picture and even give him a title run in the mid card. I think he's earned it. He beat, he beat Riddle to get the title shot. And, so and he, clean, he's earned it, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what that means anymore. Riddle jobbing out to Barry. I know, I know. Week. It's a disappointment. I know. But, but the match was so good. I love the Riddle-Corbin match. I thought it was really great. I just don't like um, seeing Matt get put over King Corbin, you know? Overall, 99 Entertainment says, Roman bullying a heel would be amazing. How about Corbin? Oh, I think it would be kind of good if he cucked Corbin a little bit. Like, Corbin backs down to him. Like, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's like got something for you and like hands him a can of dog food or something stupid like that. You know, what like just crossed my mind. This, this just crossed my mind. Uh, and this is obscure and, and older. Do you remember when uh, SummerSlam 88 and anybody who's not an older fan, I'll, I'll paint a quick picture. SummerSlam 88. The main event was Hulk Hogan and uh, Randy Macho Man Savage against Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase, and Jesse the Body Ventura was the referee. And at the time, Jesse Ventura, even though he was a commentator, he was still a heel character. And there was a segment where Ted DiBiase was trying to buy off Jesse Ventura, basically saying, you're going to call the match for us. And Andre the Giant, because Andre the Giant had this reputation on and off camera as being the man. In that segment, Andre the Giant walked right up to Jesse Ventura, and he put his hand on his shoulder, and he, and he basically said, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And, you yes. know, Jesse, Jesse Ventura kind of lowered his head, you know, because you didn't mess with Andre, Andre the Giant. Exactly. Roman could absolutely do that. I think, that, absolutely should be, do that. I think that should be him, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, like because he's got, not only is he considered one of the best in the ring, but he's also considered to be, in terms of clout, in terms of star level, he's a guy that the others know they're not going to get their way with. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're babyface or heel. I think that's a good idea, man. Evan Wright says, I feel like now would have been a great time to use AOP in a group with Roman and Paul would have been really cool, would have elevate, elevated AOP so much. To me, I've always thought there was money in a Samoa Joe and AOP versus Roman Reigns and the Usos feud. I mean, you talk uh, about I get it. it. Yeah, I get AOP aren't from, are, they're not Samoan. Yeah. But they, they're big sirloin beef sons of bucks. Yeah. And that's what's important. And, uh, oh, I, there are people still baffled by that AOP release. It just doesn't make any sense. Somebody, and, uh, somebody mentioned. Uh, I apologize, forget his name. Was it was it Manu? Somebody mentioned the uh, the one of the other Samoan cousins that WWE brought in for like one week a while back. Remember who I'm talking the, about? Yeah, there were there was there's a few. Yeah. Well, there, within I mean, the last year, I think they they brought a guy in for at least one week. Somebody was yeah. basically on social media suggested Roman should go through more family members, kind of thing, yes. to really solidify himself as an ass. I think so too, and. He can say, you know what? I'll give you a WWE title shot, and they run that on SmackDown. Right. I've used this reference many times. I tuned in on a Saturday morning in 1995, 96, and I saw Bret Hart defend the WWF title against Buddy Landell, and I knew Buddy Landell didn't stand a chance. But I was like, man, this is cool. Bret Hart's defending this title on this show? Yep. It shouldn't be that irregular for Raw or SmackDown. I love that Drew has done it three times. This since since he won the title, he's done it against Big Show. Um, he did it in that tag match, and then he did it this past week. I think that's really cool. I wish Roman would do it here and there, but uh, maybe with some shenanigans. I still remember Hulk Hogan defending the title against Bob Orton on Superstars in like '87, '88, and Hulk Hogan never ever yeah. defended the title on television. He never wrestled on television yeah. at that time. That, and that's why when a lot of people were comparing him to Reigns, I was like, man, he wasn't on weekly cable TV. No, he would, do, he would do interviews, but he never wrestled. Yeah. You know, so. Jamin John says, what will Roman Reigns' new entrance music be? Is it going to have a Samoan touch to it? I gotta tell I, you, because he's a heel, I'd keep it the way it is. I would. For right now, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know how adamant I was about them changing it, but... Yeah. I do think that if if and when you do change it, you need to change it before the audience is there, before the audience is back. That way you condition the audience to know that way they don't just hear it. Like, 
as cool as it was to hear the opening notes of uh, Cult of Personality when CM Punk returned, not even John Cena in the ring was to know who it was. He was right. going, is that Alberto? Is that Alberto? <laughs> Evan, ring of Evan Honor Wright. fans were like, I know who that is. Yeah, Evan Wright says, by the way, that's best heel in the business, Baron Corbin. Ugh, as if. Well, right as now, if. Roman is the man, and, and, and uh, it's the first time in a long time I found him entertaining. And uh, and I just love what he's doing, like I said, and I love what, he's, what he did at Clash. But one thing I want to mention about hey, Roman. Hey, 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 we got some more Super Chats. Okay. Overall, 99 Entertainment says, imagine Ro- Roman taking Corbin's crown. That's what he should do. He should steal a lot of this stuff. So long as he's not getting any uh, leather jackets like a pirate once did to Bret Hart. You know what I'm saying? None of that goofiness where they're going to have a match Al- over the crown. You know what? He can take somebody's leather jacket, then he can take Aleister Black's eye patch. <laughs> yeah where's Jacques Rougeau he can take the 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 shock stick he can yep. do all that stuff all that stuff yeah. Michael Esquivel says what's next for Roman Big E maybe no Big E's got Sheamus next well he's probably gonna wrestle Jey Uso eight more times yeah. and then uh, after that he'll move on I mean in all honesty I I would love to see him just take on random baby faces yeah you know what I mean make like he's giving them an opportunity but then he just destroys them like he did Jay that'd be and, fun if he did that and all due respect to the super chat, not to kind of bury it or anything, but it's kind of it's it undermines the purpose because there's a draft next week. Yeah, we're going to get to that later. We're going to talk about the draft later. I want to say one other thing about Roman because I want your thoughts on this. So he was on Corey Graves' podcast, and he was asked about the state of WWE. And a couple of quotes from him. The first one was he said, "If it was really all good, I might still be at home." Uh, and then another one to go along with that, he said, in order for me to leave, someone has to come and hold it down and show they can maintain and handle their responsibility. Now, he did put over Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, and Randy Orton. But uh, I think for him to suggest that nobody is stepping up during this time is unfair. Because I, yeah. we've seen how shitty creative is. We see them cut the legs out from under anybody. You're telling me Kevin Owens wouldn't be like doing great if he was given the opportunity versus Kevin Owens not stepping up? You know what I'm saying? So I disagree with him on that. It's the laziest I've seen it in 10 years of covering pro wrestling. Right. And, and like I get it. I covered the wild card last year. I hated the wild card. I hated the NXT call-ups happening the way that they did. However, when they did that, it at least showed me that they – they wanted to throw something at the wall. They've got like Raw Underground and Retribution and all this stuff, and it's still lazy. Every week I got a stat, and I know you guys are going to get sick of it, and I don't care because I'm I'm sick of seeing the same matches over and over again. I'm sick of seeing Apollo Crews against Hurt Business 14 times. I'm sick of this being the third Owens and Aleister Black match, and there's no, no real creative advancements. It's It's very frustrating to me. Yeah, and in a minute, I'm going to show you uh, results from a, from a little poll that I did for fun that will kind of uh, accentuate Sean's point. But uh, one other note from Clash of Champions. But, it, it, but it, you know what? If you want to have fun with your poll, 69% of responders, actually, no, it's 100% of responders will tell you that you can get your penis very They're going to complain now. That's awesome. Yeah, you know what? I was just I was just making a sixty nine joke, Thank but, you. but whatever. Bluechew.com code fightful will get you the poll results that you want. Are you in a bit of an internal debate? If you know what I'm saying, are you having trouble getting two minutes uninterrupted? Rude. Bluechew.com will get you there. They bring you the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. But I, I, you know, you gotta prefer Blue Chew. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system. It's ready whenever you are, or whenever you're not. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians, and it ships straight to your door discreetly. You're not gonna have people. You're not gonna have moderators in your bedroom saying, "Sir, sir, sir, please stop, please stop, please stop." No, they're they're gonna be sitting there watching it and enjoying it. Things are gonna go a lot smoother in the bedroom when you use bluechew.com code fightful get that performance that you need with bluechew.com you don't have to go to the pharmacy you don't have to go to the doctor's office it's a much safer situation than those other guys because it ships straight to your door use that code fightful 
at bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free. Your first shipment free, by golly. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. I was going to ask Camilla, where the hell's the Blue Chew graphic? But I think the Blue Chew graphic needed to take Blue Chew. It, well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, another note about Clash of Champions, and the reason I want to mention this is because I really enjoyed this match until Raw, and then Raw made me disappointed. I really enjoyed Drew versus Randy Orton at Clash of Champions. I did too. I, I thought it told a great story. You had all the legends that, that, that Randy Orton had punted. They all came back and they all had a hand in him losing. I thought, what a great finish to that program. They wrapped the program up. They put a nice little bow on it. Great way to end it. They even had Ric Flair drive the ambulance out. I thought it was a, a great ending. But they're going to continue with it, Sean Ross App. I, I hate it. I, hate I couldn't it, believe it. That was it's... the perfect finish. It closed the book on that. It closed the book on it, yes. That's how lazy WWE is right now. I couldn't believe it, honestly. It's I couldn't so believe it. frustrating and annoying. Yeah, I, I just thought, how do you go further? Like, he, he beat him. Uh, that was disappointing. Uh, let's move on and talk about COVID and pro wrestling. Uh, last week on this podcast, you kind of sort of suggested that we were going to be hearing more stuff about COVID and wrestling because you didn't want to go too far yet with what you knew. And now we know that uh, that it's hit AEW, it hit uh, WWE again. Tell me indies, what all indies all over the place. Indies all over, yeah. Tell me what you've heard because obviously you know Lance Archer has been public about it. <coughs> uh, we heard retribution wasn't cleared. Tell me what you've heard about the latest when it comes to COVID and pro wrestling. It's hard to not point at WWE opening the training facility and saying, "There you go," because they had them in there four days a week testing them. Less than that. Yeah. Once or twice a week. You cannot do that. Not when you got people wrestling each other. Not when you got people working out next to each other. And what happened? A breakout happened. And then it spread to the main roster. And why did it spread to the main roster? Well, because those people live with each other. They sleep with each other. They hang out with each other. They go to stupid parties with each other. And then what happens? Then we get news that people in AEW have it. Well, that's the same thing. People from WWE and the Performance Center date and sleep with and yep. hang out with and train with people in AEW. And then what do we hear? Well, some of the people in AEW Dark. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit Credit card rewards? Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Got it. Well, what happens with the people in AEW Dark? They go to Chicago. They go to Indianapolis. They go to wherever there are events across the country, and they take it there. Well, is there any testing there? No, there's not any testing there. They can't afford it. Yeah. They're, they're not doing that. And, and what happens then? Well, then you got people that are just working the independent circuits on weekends, making $20, $50 a pop. Well, where do they take it? They take it to work. They take mm -hmm. it to their family. It, it's hard to not see the chain of events unfold. WWE knew about this September 10th or 11th. I know that to be sure. Uh, I had somebody contact me September 15th about the outbreak. I reported it September 21st when I got all the, the information. It, you, you just got to be safe. And there are so many doofuses in wrestling that don't believe this is real. Really? There are so many 
just QAnon doofuses in wrestling that think that it's fake and think that it's made up and all that stuff. And there were people. Are you mean like low key and Austin Aries and all the crap they posted? That stuff in WWE. There. Oh, in WWE, really? Mainly, mainly NXT. And I had a couple wrestlers that were a little frustrated with that. And I said, you know what? I agree. You should be frustrated by that, but you should also be frustrated that WWE said, "Oh, hey, by the way, come back and and we'll test you twice a week." Man, it's it's frustrating. I it's it's annoying, and you know that's just my hunch when I look at things and the way that all the news unfolded there. It's hard to not look at that and be like, "All right, well, people tested positive following the." what was it, the September 16th AEW tapings, and people were testing positive in WWE on the 10th and the 11th. It spreads. Wrestlers hang out with each other. Yeah. We've said this before. We said it when uh, when the first one happened with uh, Caleb Braxton. How can you be a public entity generating oh, almost $500 million a year just on U.S. rights alone and be so irresponsible? I yeah. like I it's it's hard for me to fathom. I don't know who's in charge of that kind of thing. I don't know if this falls on Hunter's shoulders. I don't know if it falls on I mean obviously ultimately it falls on Vincent Man's shoulders. But how can you be so irresponsible when you are a public entity generating that kind of revenue, market cap of whatever it is, three billion dollars, and you don't test every single day? That is so irresponsible and foolish. And somebody should be held accountable, man. I mean, obviously they're not gonna fire Hunter if it's his responsibility, but somebody's gotta be held accountable accountable because that's just well, very, un- very unprofessional. It ain't Triple H because they're talking about how great their safety measures were. No, they are not good. Yeah. They're good for the shows. That's it. Yep. That's it. Uh, Mark Francis says, self-isolation kid with a runny nose, so I get to listen live. Hey, fellas, uh, you picked a good time to pop up accordingly. Uh, guys, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Leave a thumbs up. That stuff really helps us. And if you comment after the fact, that helps us out as well. Throwback27 says, got blood work done, walked in, and one person flipped out at the entrance because he didn't want to have a mask on. Is that the new normal? Oh, I hope not. Just selfish people. Have you seen uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No, I haven't. You should check that out. Do you know what Pizzagate is? Yes. So... uh, I don't want to go too in depth on no, this. No, I don't want you to go. No, too no, no, no. But I, I'm just going to talk high level. One of the things that was interesting about the documentary, it's called The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix. Talks about the power of social media. Was they use Pizzagate as an example of a conspiracy theory that because of Facebook recommending stuff to people, yeah, it got all of this attention because these groups were being recommended. They're showing up on people's things because yeah. of uh, predictive algorithms and stuff. And that's to, I, the reason I'm. Cool. I'm the yeah. reason I'm talking about this is because because the anti-mass movement is doing that now. Oh, where yeah. people, people are starting Facebook groups, and then anybody who has ever experienced any kind of interest in conspiracy theories, they're being recommended these groups. And so yep. next thing you know, they're, they're, all these other people are being attracted to them. So it's a very interesting uh, documentary you guys should check out. Jamin John says, is WWE 2003 Ruthless Aggression Era Smackdown overlooked? Yeah, I thought 2002, 2003 Smackdown was some of my favorite stuff. It was really good, and it showed you what what great wrestlers with great creative could do, uh, honestly. I mean, not just people with the, the blossoming personalities. You had a lot of people who were who they made it sound like didn't have personalities that did well. Evan Wright said, if you don't want to be a conservative in bed, check out BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Pass it to DJ, says, about to go get my long hair cut. I love my hair, but at least it's for a good cause. Hey, thank you so much, man. I, I Let me know, like send pictures of your donation, anything like that, it'd be great. Um, Jimmy, I'm going to cue you up for one of your topics. Evan oh, yeah? Wright says, with reports coming out that Warner Media is proud of what AEW is doing, do you think it's possible to see AEW people in their movies and stuff? Well, Warner Media, rights fees, WWE, rights fees, there's a lot there. I yep. do think it's possible we see AEW wrestlers in their movies because we're already seeing Cody Rhodes on TBS in a show. Oh, yeah. I mean, going way back, Hogan had uh, stuff on on Turner. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's going to happen for sure. So, yeah, I do want to talk about the changing television landscape in the U.S. Uh, and I want to talk about it because I think that when the, the rights fees negotiations next happen with WWE and AEW, 
AEW for sure will see an increase because they're probably getting underpaid. There's a chance WWE is going to see an increase too, despite Mm -hmm. declining popularity. Uh, And so I want to talk about this. So Raw's ratings, we know that they're down from last year. SmackDown's still hovering around the 2 million mark. AEW's averaging a high six figures on Wednesday nights. It was announced last week. Now, this had been expected for a while because going back as far as June, there were reports about this, but now it's official. Major League Baseball and Turner Sports, obviously part of Warner Media, they've signed a seven-year extension worth $3 billion, meaning that Major League Baseball is going to get paid $425 million a year. They already have a deal with Fox, Major League Baseball does, paying them $525 million a year. That means combined, Major League Baseball is getting almost a billion dollars a year in uh, rights fees between uh, Warner Media and Fox. When you look at Major League Baseball's ratings, last week, regional games on Fox averaged 1.28 million viewers on Saturday night. 1.28 million viewers did a .7 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. It was Major League Baseball's smallest primetime audience in four years. No game last week cracked 500,000 viewers on any network except the Fox game and the season finale of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game. And this is all according to Sports Media Watch. So what that tells you is, despite falling ratings, Major League Baseball's rights fees keep increasing. And next year, like I said, they're going to make a billion dollars. WWE Raw, or I should say SmackDown, I guess because this is Fox, granted they're on a Friday, not a Saturday. Their viewership is almost double what Major League Baseball did last week. Their 18-49 to demo rating is about on par with what uh, Major League Baseball did last Saturday. Given that, it is not inconceivable to suggest, despite declining popularity, that WWE might actually get an increase on their next deal. And it's almost crazy to think about, and I wouldn't have thought about that maybe you know even six months ago or a few months ago, but when you see the trend and when you see what baseball is going to be getting d- d- despite the declining popularity, it's not inconceivable to think that could happen. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I don't know what things will look like in five years. Yeah. As as I say this to you, I'm watching YouTube TV right now, up, watching the Reds game on YouTube TV. I can take that out. I can walk up the street and pull it up on my phone. That's not something I could have done with direct TV a few years ago. Um, there are this stuff is constantly changing so much that I, I can't possibly fathom how things will even be at the end of the deal. Uh, as far as ingesting media and all that and, and how social media applies to that. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, I do know that AEW, if they are if they are in five years, are even where they are now, they're going to get a lot more money. Oh, yeah. I can't recall what their deal is again. What was it, $40 million a year, something like something, that? Something like that, but I think, yeah, that they have to cover their own production costs now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think they'll be into the nine digits on their next deal. And I think WWE is going to be negotiating in three years because they typically like to have a year in advance if they can. So they're probably going to start negotiating in three years. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, this kind of takes me to my next point. Variety conducted a poll asking U.S. viewers why they stopped watching wrestling. And, you know, normally I know polls are not the be-all, end-all. But because it's Variety and because they are one of WWE's choice outlets, whenever they release you know, news like, uh, oh, the next person in the Hall of Fame, it's always CBS Sports, Variety, you know, one or two other outlets, Bleacher Report, whatever. So because that story was in Variety, that's why I want to mention it. Camilla, put up Media 2. This was the poll. Reasons why U.S. viewers stopped watching professional wrestling. Number one on this list, which quite honestly, I wouldn't have even put this in a poll. Uh, but number one was it seemed more cartoonish than when I liked it. I don't know when they liked it, but uh, but but that was that was the number one answer. And then other ones were storylines not as good as interesting, characters not as good as interesting, matches not as good as, good or interesting. Uh, when I heard about that poll, that kind of inspired me to do a little poll of my own on Twitter. And uh, obviously, I used much less, much less options. The whole cartoon thing, I don't even know if that's really relevant now because a lot of people watching today, they probably watch during the Attitude Era. And the Attitude Era, granted, they had some silly characters, but there was no goon. There was no T.L. Hopper. There was no Mantor like there was in the early 90s. Yeah. Put up Media One, Camillo. This was the poll I did. I said, honest question, which of the following reasons do you think is most likely why ratings have been on a sharp decline year over year? What's number one there, Sean Ross App? Repetitive matches. Repetitive matches, which wasn't even an option on uh, on the variety poll. And this goes back to what you said earlier. 
I'm so tired of seeing Apollo Crews in the Hurt Business. I'm so tired of seeing Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio. I'm tired of the Street Profits and, uh, and Andrade and Garza. And they just keep, and now they're doing it with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, it looks like, again. It makes you not need to watch every show every week. And this is, this is the problem. And it's surprising to me that Vincent Mann hasn't figured that out. If you need viewers every week because you got to honor this massive contract, why do you ha- book the same match seven times? Like you're, you're basically conditioning your audience that they can miss a show because they're not going to miss anything and they can just pick it up one or two weeks down the line. You know? Street Profits have had five matches with Andrade and Angel Garza, and they had four tag matches with Angel Garza and Austin Theory, and then you got Bianca and Zelina with three matches each. Oh, by the way, Bianca won those matches, and Zelina's getting two title shots. Yes, and Asuka beat her in five minutes on the pay-per-view decisively. Why are you getting another shot? She's got I'm more saying? title shots than singles wins in the last two years. <laughs> I'm, yeah, wow. that's, that's the truth. Yeah, it's... Uh, it is, like you said, laziness, and, and you know, we, we talked about it before, uh, and I think some wrestlers off the record, uh, or anonymously even said this, Vince, he's only, he's only thinking about, like, the main storyline, and then he's got to fill out the show, and he's got to do it the day of. Well, when you got to fill out the show the day of, you're just, whatever we did last week, just to fill out the show, and so it's, it's a problem. I sent you someone who had asked me basically for my input pretty high up in WWE. And one of the things that I said was, man, you all can have as good a matches as you want, but when it's the same match every single week, it's frustrating. And they said, yeah, I know, but it's really hard when Vince shows up right before the show and just changes everything and goes, oh, we're going back to that. They know. The wrestlers know. This is not me condemning the wrestlers. I think that they have... Over the last five, six years, they have consistently had an amazing in-ring roster. And 2020, boy, has it showed you some things as far as promos go. Because the 2020 promos have been better than any year I can remember in the last, mm, I don't know, 18 years. Mm -hmm. This has had probably the best promos in in WWE. And it's not because they're not coming out and they're not shoving a microphone in their own face saying, this is why I'm upset. All you people, we don't get the all you people anymore, and I don't miss it anymore. And as a result, that's helping a little bit. But Vince is shooting his own program in the foot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like we've talked about before. I wish more guys would stand up. You know, like obviously Dominic Mysterio is going to do whatever the hell he's told. Ray Mysterio was looking for his new contract. He probably wasn't going to rock the boat. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, certain guys should should maybe step up and say, "Come on." Well, you, I mean, you booked this seven weeks in a row. You also have Roman or Randy Orton going right to WWE and Vince last year and saying, I want to keep the revival with me. There's a lot of juice to this. And not only did Vince say no, immediately afterwards, he's like, by the way, you all are going to be on different brands, so don't even bother. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so weird. It's difficult. Uh, we have a few more super chats. By the way, go, guys, get those in as we hit the home stretch. We will be on Fightful Select right after with the list goes on. But Justin Armenta says, seeing as the NXT injury report is normally kayfabe, but Hunter mentioned it on the media call, is Tegan Knox's injury legit or is it to further a storyline? Uh, it's legit as far as I know. If he kayfabes us on the NXT media calls, I will probably not be on the NXT media calls because that's not what I'm there for. I cover yeah. NXT Wednesdays already. And they're not for uh, the fans. Yeah. He doesn't do those for the fans. Zach Barber says, did the AEW outbreak start on dark or not? Well, that's... Not that's not really a thing that can happen. The tapings happen together, so it's not like it starts on dark. I, I'm not a disease control specialist. I am not any of that, and I'm just not. To say where it started, I don't know. It started in China, evidently. But You know like, what he I, meant, but yeah, you're saying yeah, at I, that, I mean, it, at that taping. Yeah, at that yeah taping. I don't know where it could have came from. Like I can't sit there and say that whether it be somebody on dark, a staff member, anything— or that it even happened there. Yeah. Because you got to remember, a lot of those people on Dark are going to like Warrior Wrestling, and I'm not trying to throw Warrior Wrestling under the bus. I love Warrior Wrestling, but they're going to that, and they're they're running in there. So not to be sarcastic about the answer, I just don't know. Um, Evan Wright says it's our fault. We don't appreciate stories. <laughs> That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And Matt Scales says, "Hey guys, would you rather see Roman versus Fiend in a heck in a cell?" 
or a rematch between Roman and Jay. Thanks for everything you guys do. Boy, is that a catch-22, because it's a would-you-rather. And yeah. I would rather not see Roman and the Fiend whatsoever, yeah. and I would rather see Jay Uso sell this a little bit more. Um, he got beat really bad, really decisively, so I don't really want to see that either, but if I got a pick, it's going to be Roman and Jay, even though I hate those constant rematches. You know, the, the, these things pop into my head all the time. Have you ever seen the Mike Tyson movie from HBO from, like, years ago? I probably have. So there's a scene in that movie when Tyson was the champion and he was starting to miss out on training sessions and stuff because he had a lot going on. You know, he was womanizing and he was into alcohol and stuff and skipping out on training. So there's a scene where there's all of these sparring partners sitting around playing cards and Tyson shows up and his trainer's really getting on his ass. Like, where the hell have you been? Where the hell have you been? Tyson gets mad, gets in the ring, points to the first sparring guy, says, get in here. Guy gets in there, Tyson destroys him. Then he points to the next sparring guy. Get in here. Guy gets in there. He destroys him. The third sparring guy goes to hell with this, and he walks away. That's what I want Roman Reigns to do. Yeah. I, want, I want him to show up late to SmackDown, and I want somebody, Adam Pierce or somebody, to say, what are you doing? You're the champion showing up an hour into the show. And then Roman says, okay, fine. I'll give a title shot to whoever. And then he just annihilates him like an asshole. That's what I want to see Roman Reigns do. I'm excited to watch Roman Reigns perform. Yeah, it's it's different. It's just different, and we haven't seen a lot of fresh and new, so I like it. And know? I got to say, the Chief Roman Reigns is such a cool nickname. Tribal Chief. The, yeah, I don't know about the Tribal Chief, but he said chief, it. I yeah. know, I know. He, I know it's the nickname, but yeah. I think the Chief Roman Reigns is a real cool nickname. I love that he and, put on Jay's own lay. That was awesome. Oh God, he's like, give it to me. It's great. Oh my God. Yeah. And I do want to see him do that to other people. I don't yeah. know if I want to see him steal Baracor. <laughs> I, I would like to see him say give it to me and then he stomps the crown and the, the crown's gone forever Big, yeah and then draft him to Raw and then he's not the king anymore there you go there you go uh, I want to move on and talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling because there's some implications here that could benefit AEW that's why yeah. I want to talk about it so Harold May resigned as president and CEO uh, and Tahami Obari who is or Takami I'm sorry Obari who's the CEO of New Japan of America He's going to become the new president and CEO of New Japan on October 23rd. Now, going back to October of last year, October of 2019, there was speculation that Harold May was looking to get out or there was speculation that he was going to move on. My first question for you is, do you have any insight on that? Because, again, this, this was not a new out-of-nowhere thing. This has been talked about for a while. It had been talked about for a while, and I encourage you guys to check out my interview with Tamatanga, because I said, do you believe in his vision? And Tamatanga was like, ah, don't know. I'll have to sit or sit around and see. And I was able to reach out to a bunch of New Japan stars, uh, because you know, quite frankly, a lot of them are in the U.S. right now. And they said that they never have quite really bought into it, and that he's the kind of guy that you, you, you want around to maintain things, not grow things. And it didn't seem like that was happening. And there was some frustration there. Um, there are some things that they liked and some things that they didn't like, but I've got some stuff up. Actually, I ran a story on fightfulselect.com about some backstage reactions to that. Uh, but there, there are, yes, yeah, somebody saying Sean crapping himself watching the Reds game. I, I really am. I really am. But I should pay attention to the live podcast. Yeah, well, priorities, Jimmy. But uh, there are some people that I spoke to, at least on the English-speaking side. Granted, I'm not talking to a lot of the Japanese-language-speaking people that just never quite bought into Harold May. Liked him, didn't buy into him, and that's frustrating. Evan writes in the Super Chat and says, <clears throat> My God, if we get Okada, Tanahashi, Bullet Club, Omega versus Ibushi, even Young Lions on Excursion on Dark and stuff— Send the AEW guys on Japan tours. So that was a thing. Now that Evan Wright mentions that, that was a bridge that some people that I spoke to hope got rebuilt mm -hmm. was that. However, you have to understand, it's not just Harold May that was preventing that. There have been people within New Japan who didn't want to deal with Impact Wrestling because of Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett ain't there anymore. Right. It's because of how Okada was booked 10 years ago, because of how they changed an IWGP title on, on an unauthorized event, 
they hold on to things for a very long time there. And that's something I've talked with a lot of wrestlers about. Right. So you think that they were a little uh, bitter that the Bucks and, and Omega oh. left for AEW? Oh, there was bitterness on both sides, from what yeah. I understood. There was um, there was bitterness on the Bucks side for just womp, okay, too bad, uh, like, go on then. And then there was bitterness on New Japan side. Yeah. I mean, the rumor had been that Harold May was one of the main roadblocks between a partnership. Like you said, probably not the only one, but rumor was he was one of the main ones. I'm kind of curious because when you look at the roster, I mean, obviously the Bucks uh, have that background. Omega wanted to go back to New Japan, and, and he ended up working in Japan, but not for New Japan. Jericho uh, still wants to do both. Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, wants to do both. It seems like just a natural marriage, and, and, and if there's one less roadblock in the way, it just seems like a natural thing to do. Uh, and just like the Super Chat said, you can get Okada in, in AEW, you can get the Bullet Club in AEW, and then you bring all these guys from AEW, and it just seems like a natural, like why, it's a win-win. Yes. And, and if you have one is. less roadblock in the way, why wouldn't you do it, you know what I mean? It sounds to me like maybe we're getting closer to that, I don't know. And no disrespect to ROH, but they don't have buzz. Oh, it's not New even J- close. Not even close. New Japan and AEW have buzz. Yeah. And they ain't afraid to put each other over. Right. As we've learned. Right. Um, Abhinav Tiramula says, is Jay White the best heel right now other than Roman? He's a really great one. He's really fantastic. Uh, it's hard for me to argue that. Randy Orton's really good. Bailey's really good. You got a lot of people in AEW that are really good. But it's it, AEW seems mainly like a babyface promotion to me. But, yeah, he's very good. Uh, George Amin says, what about Roman versus Samoa Joe at heck in a cell? I would love that. I would love – I think that would make a lot of sense. I just don't know if Joe's healthy. Yeah, I just want something fresh. That, that's why, like, don't, don't put him in with, with Jay now, or they're going to be on the opposite side of a tag match for eight weeks, whatever. I want something fresh. And, uh, and so hopefully they'll do something with it. Cause it almost feels like they're going to bring Jimmy back again and start doing some promos with Jimmy and, and then lead to another match with Jay. That's what it feels like they're going to do. Yeah. But he beat him decisively. You move on from it. He kicked his ass. You yes. Know? So. Sometimes stories just need to end. Yes. The WWE just squeezes and squeezes. They wring the wash rag out. Then yeah. they just keep twisting until the wash rag tears apart <laughs> and it can't be used anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we saw Robert Roode return on Raw this week. The WWE draft has been confirmed for October 9th. Now, I was looking at the rosters on the WWE.com website because when the pandemic started, they didn't have access to, to, to the entire roster at that time. So I took a look. On the Raw brand right now, they don't have Becky Lynch because she's pregnant. They don't have Brock because he just hasn't been around. Charlotte Flair's out for a while. Three major pieces, but everybody else on the Raw roster, has been utilized at some point during, uh, during the COVID-19 era. On the SmackDown side, Daniel Bryan hasn't been around lately, but he was around earlier. Elias, oh, hasn't, been, yeah, Elias hasn't been around because He's he hurt. got hurt. Uh, but most of the roster has been around. And so it's very obvious now that creative, a lot of it has been where it's been, not because they don't have access to talent, but it's strictly just creative. And so where do you think they go with the draft? Because to me, the number one obvious one is Braun Strowman to Raw because he, there's nothing left for him to do on SmackDown. He got beat by The Fiend. He got beat by Roman Reigns. He's got to move to the other brain. He's the, he's, for me, he's the first very obvious one. Aside from him, what do you think are the biggest pieces that you can see moving brands? This is going to be a categorically different draft than what we saw last year, and I'm going to have more on that on Fightful Select, but... I was able to find out a lot more about like what what Paul Heyman was willing to give up to get certain people. Because if you remember when he got fired, you would hear a lot about the catering crew. And Paul was like, oh, you don't want all those people? Give them to me. I'll use AOP and Apollo Crews and Andrade and all these people. I'll use them since you're not going to. This one's going to be way, way different because we're going to see pe- – and the thing is, WWE always does the opposite. They – they switch a few people in the draft, which is what they need to freshen things up. Then they go and they do way too many more people, and it's like you're just changing everybody but two people on on one roster. Right. It's it's so frustrating in, in that regard. Um, and also, you you're not going to see Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard leveraging against each other. Mm-hmm. It's Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon leveraging with each other for these shows. 
and you'll find out what shows they really care about. Uh, speaking of, Throwback27 says, any word on Brian's return? Could he go to NXT? I don't know what's up with Brian's return because he said he was going to get six weeks off. It's already been like three months, mm -hmm. and he said that his contract was going to be up right or soon after that. I had always heard it'd be a year after this fall, but I, I think he would know better than I. So, mm -hmm. and yeah. Evan, Evan Wright says hype for Dana Brooke getting drafted back to SmackDown. That made me so just annoyed. It was so lazy, Jimmy. Yep, and that that was on my list, and and Drew Gulak too. Yes. Drew Gulak too, and and like I, I was joking around on Twitter about I hope that because I would love it if SmackDown drafts Dana Brooke, Drew Gulak, Mandy Rose, and Braun Strowman, who's still part of SmackDown, but he was in Raw Underground. I want to see SmackDown draft those four for shits and giggles. But you're right, like if they if they're gonna move people for no reason, especially two weeks before the draft, why should you care about the draft? Yeah. yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you. That's that's what I hate. I hate them undermining the point. They spend so much time telling us that. Oh, the April 2019 superstar shakeup is so important. Then we get the wild card rule, and we get them. Comp they 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 bo they botched their entire superstar shakeup. They realized halfway through, oh, we can't switch this person because of this, and this person because of this. Then they do a draft, and immediately after, they do an invasion storyline. I don't want to hear you guys say, "Well, you didn't like the NXT invasion." <laughs> no, I didn't understand why these doofuses. We're running around in red, blue, and black shirts when they just got drafted to that brand a week and a half before that. And then they would bury it all the, all the way through. Ah, oh, it's so annoying. Stop telling me this stuff is important if it's not. Well, that's all I got for you. And if you go to FIFOSelect.com for the list goes on, we're going to talk about John Cena. We're going to talk about Aleister Black, Matt Cardona, James Storm, Angel Garza, The Forgotten Sons. Going to talk about that on the list goes on. Last thing on my list for you, Conor McGregor, Manny Pacquiao. Who you got? Conor McGregor. What? Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm kidding. I hope so. I hope so. My favorite thing to do now when like somebody posts something ridiculous that I have no response for, mm -hmm. I will respond to them with whatever Conor said during one of his retirements. Like they could, they could just say something stupid to me and say, "Hey guys, quick announcement! I'm retiring from the sport formerly known as mixed martial arts." Mm -hmm. It's I love how he always does it. Hey guys, quick announcement! Hey guys, while I have you here, yeah, I'm yeah. retiring. Come on! I mean, he himself has said that he wants to fight Diego Sanchez, like out of respect. <laughs> he said it. He Did all... you see Dana's response? No, I didn't. It was pretty good. Oh, was he it? Goes, he said, bro, we should lose our promoter's license if we booked that. Fight. Oh, did he? <laughs> okay. Well, he had said that. He also said that he wanted to fight Dustin Poirier. He mentioned that. But Manny Pacquiao's camp has acknowledged that, the, that there, there's a, an agreement. And uh, if they do it, I mean, look, I realize Manny's 40 years old. I get it. If he can channel the Manny Pacquiao from 2012 for one night, Sean, for yeah. one night, three rounds, and McGregor's on the canvas, three rounds. If Pacquiao can find that guy for one night. So we'll see. We're missing a super chat from Evan Wright, who uh, who mentioned James Storm. Oh, uh, yeah. While he, while he sends it in, he says, uh, oh, who I thought that Eddie has lined up for Mox tonight. I don't know. I guess I the question know. is, who do they have available? Yeah. I don't know who... Uh, who they, they, they've got that they can even use right now. James Storm would be a good one. He did an interview with uh, with Ryan Satin this week, and then that would make sense that he was hyping up something like this. That would be cool, but... I wonder if it'll be a bummer or it'll just be like uh, uh, one of the Lucha Bros or something. Yeah, I, I don't think AEW would typically do that, mm. so... Don't, uh, don't get guys, me wrong. Moxley and Penta would be fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you but, know, uh, but leave a thumbs up, guys. Subscribe. Again, I'm dropping a new edition of Enhancement Stories on Friday. If you all have not checked out that series, please do so. I got a bunch in there. I've got, like, Gangrel talking about getting beaten by Big Boss Man in 1989 on WWF TV, which a lot of people don't know about. Britt Baker getting busted up by Nia Jax. I've got a lot of cool stories there. Jimmy Jacobs got a cruiserweight title shot in WWE on Velocity one time. There's a lot of cool stories in there. You can search them on the site. It's enhancement stories. I want that series to take off, mainly because I have so many of them in the can already. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. 
Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.